Bill Frizzell has had a lot of practice putting high concept into a humble package. Let's let that marinate for a second. Just for a second. All right, a second has passed. <laughs> Welcome to Upright Citizens, one and all. <laughs> this is Ruben Rogers, one of your hosts, and uh, my other host, my partner in crime, in base crime, Mr. Bob the Boob on the other end. What's up, Bob? Hey, how's it going, Ruben? Great to see you. Where Wait. are you? Your room looks different. <laughs> Actually, where are we? <laughs> room two. Three, <laughs> don't, 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 just in case. Don't you know, I don't know the name of the town. Um, <laughs> Captain Zaro is somewhere close. Somewhere. Anyway, we're, we're in Italy. We're in the south of south-ish part of Italy, and uh, we were able to, to just have a incredible tour the past three weeks we've been touring around Europe with the great Charles Lloyd and, and the great uh, Kendrick Scott on drums um, and just having a blast you know and I wanted to you know corner Bill to just have some some time with us on Upright Citizens very small amount of time we won't take too much because he has to go practice and stuff he likes to do that anyway here on Upright Citizens we, you know we're all about giving people their flowers while they're living Mr. Mr. Fizzell I call you, him, a person whisperer. Remember I told you, a person whisperer. People are drawn to this man because of his warmth on and off the bandstand. You should see people just flock around him at, at, <laughs> at, at breakfast time. We're at some festival. It's, it's actually pretty interesting. Anyway, he's one of the most honest players living. Yeah, there's nothing to prove and always in the moment. This is just what this man uh, represents. Uh, he's a master of melody and a great listener on and off the bandstand and a true lover of music and its rich history. Everyone, the legendary Mr. Bill Fizzell. Come on. Yeah, come oh, on, man. Go ahead. Come on. Come on. Come on. Anyway. Thank you, Ruben. <laughs> great introduction. all that. I'm going to cry now. Oh. No, no. We, we uh, you know, a lot of times, we, we are very impromptu on this show. We, we, we kind of exchange notes. And all this I came up with in the past hour or two because so, I wanted to be fresh. And just like, okay, this is what I feel in the moment. I mean, tomorrow, you, you know, tonight we might have a crazy gig and I might think different. But this is what I think about you now, right now, this second. <laughs> Bob, you, wanna, you have some thoughts you want to share about this, this, this gentleman before we go into some bass-centric stuff? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm kind of in awe. I'm a really big fan, Bill. So I'm so happy to, to be able to be here with you and Ruben today. Thank you so much for, for being here. Uh, and I, I've just, as I said, I've been a fan of your music for a long time. And I was trying to think back to maybe the first time that I recall hearing you. And uh, I think that the first time, the first album that I ever heard that you were on, I didn't even realize that you were on it at first, but it was John Zorn's uh, Naked City oh, wow. album. And it just, I, I put that sucker on and it just blew my mind. I mean, not just me, obviously, it blew a lot of people's minds. I just wanted to share my first initial experience with that. I, I think I picked up the record at uh, Recycled Books and Records in Denton, Texas, when I was going to UNT, probably like oh, wow. 1999, mm -hmm. something like that, you know, and put it on in the car mm -hmm. and just was like, man, mind-blowing stuff. Anyways, so. So that was, that, that was our rendition, our giving you flowers while you live right now. That's, that's, that's our thing. So let's, now we're going to get into the real stuff, right? 
Wait, oh, yeah, that was real, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> More bass-centric <laughs> stuff, so we can hear you speak instead of us vomiting, like we like to do. <clears throat> yes, yes. Here we go. But you can't look. You can't look at my stuff. Oh, okay. I can't see it. <laughs> no. Go, okay. Good. 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 Three adjectives or more of the qualities you like in a bassist, or that you look for in a bassist. Now, this is strictly for our bassist, so then they can get some. If you can come up with some, you know. If not, <laughs> well, adjectives or <laughs> whatever. I just came up with adjectives because that's you know. The, the extent of my vocabulary. <laughs> no, no, Qualities. I mean, yeah. The first thing that always comes to my mind is is what happens when we're a lot. Mm -hmm. Like during these past three weeks. Oh. There's listening and mm -hmm. forgiveness. <laughs> which I'm not that's that's a big like one, that. you know, because uh -huh. we'd be playing and mm -hmm. uh oh. That A section, like just the other night, the A section was eight bars, and I played it four bars, and then I went bam! I hit the the first chord of the bridge, and you just kind of okay, and then I did it again. Right. So, but, but no, no, I mean that thing about not not mm -hmm. keeping score yeah, that yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Right. So that hmm. when you. I mean, it's it's not just about bass, but it's about music in general. If right, you you know you're not um, where you feel safe to make a mistake. There cause, you go. Because when you make a mistake, sometimes those are the best things that happen all night. Right, right. And that's where you learn is being mm -hmm. able to make a mistake. And uh -huh. so you know. We wouldn't get as we wouldn't be as far as as we are if we hadn't right. had those experiences. But also, you know, having 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 that uh, that human element, having that human element in where we hope to have that human element in our daily lives, we have it on the bandstand because you know we've all been in the situations where it seems like people are unforgiving. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow. surely. Like, we're talking about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, you know, I, I'll let you off the hook of, of that. Anything else you want to say? Well, and then after, uh -huh. you know, a, here I am bringing up that moment again. After that happened, that night I said, oh, man, sorry, I, you know, messed up that form or whatever. I said, I learned I'm not going to mess it up next time. And then you told me the story about, you know, not carrying these things with you you know <laughs> all right hmm. a story that was was given to me by the great charles lloyd actually you know you like, i'm like okay well but, I, i'm i can't believe i I'm, i gave that to you but no yeah. no i mean mm -hmm. we don't have to wow but, but the thing about okay we made a mistake let's just move on from there and mm -hmm. be where we are mm -hmm. right now and mm -hmm. and that has to happen i mean that really has to happen moment to moment in the music right for the music to take off right know? and this is something we've we've discussed bob on this podcast i think a, a few times right you know about being able to let go of that that thing that moment you know because everyone else has moved on usually and we are as human beings kind of stay in that moment and look back like oh why did that happen why did i do <laughs> sure. that oh god not realizing what's sure. happening right now is affecting <laughs> what's moving forward also it's always Surely feels it's a, a lot it's a... bigger than it actually is you know it's right. like a millisecond oh shit i played it wrong I played it <laughs> absolutely isn't that crazy 
it does feel huge in the moment, but in the grand scheme of things, it's everything just flowing and continuing yeah, on, yeah. and it's us holding on to it. I love that, and I think that's a really beautiful quality that you brought up when thinking about other bass players or other musicians, mm -hmm. but it's also you related it directly to yourself immediately mm. you know you're like well when i make a mistake you know i have to forgive myself and move on and just be part of the music again and i mm. i think that's beautiful how you just said that i love mm. that yeah um and that's of course every day that's that's going on with everybody else um i had a i had a question related to um uh playing without bass players you know, there's there's definitely some uh, really incredible uh, albums that that uh, you've been a part of that are in bassless. You know, there's no bass player involved. And are, I was just curious, are there any artistic elements for you? Are they the same or different without a bass player involved? Do you think about any of that differently when you're in those situations? Um, yeah, I mean, that was uh, you might be a lot of people talk about that trio with Paul Motion and mm -hmm. Joe Lovano. Yeah, and um, I remember when we first started to do it. There's a whole bunch of things happened. Like first, you notice there's all this, like the guitar gets down there. Yes, you know, and yeah. So I can't always be if there's bass. Again, you're just listening, and you're, but suddenly there's this space down there, and then the. The drums sound different too. Like I start, I was hearing, you know, the bass drum becomes. Wait, the bass drum is like a whole instrument. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And wow, at the beginning when we first started doing it, I don't think it was just me. I think it was Paul too. But I would find myself. Well, he actually called me out on it because <laughs> it was like I would. I was trying to fill in that space, and it doesn't have to be filled. You know, I would play like, try to play bass walking bass lines, and I'm not a bass <laughs> sure, player. Sure. But gradually, we got more comfortable with just letting the let the music breathe. let the space be space. there, and then yeah. you know, boom, I could play a whatever. Right, right, right. But not try to. Again, that's another thing. It's my mind sort of racing like like when I play alone mm -hmm. slowly over many like the first time I tried to play a solo gig <laughs> it was just extreme panic like I mean it was a horror I could imagine. it was a nightmare for me I because you were just so much was, in that I was so like in your head in your head right, right, right. terrified I was like a little loft in Boston and a friend of mine had set up this gig and it's the first time I'd ever done it there was like my wife and maybe two other people were there was no reason for me to be but and I had prepared about an hour's what I thought was about an hour's worth of me you know I really sweated over it I got it all together and I start playing and oh, I got through it and then I looked at my watch and it was only like 10 minutes had gone by and <laughs> Oh my God, oh I got to play God. for another 45 minutes. You know, how am I going to get through this? Mm. It was like horrible. I swore I'd never do it again. But part of that was just that there's like this panic if there's silence. Mm. Right. So you yeah. think you always have to fill it up, but the silence is like a. It's part of it, man. It's, it's part of it. And then if you can get comfortable with that. 
So again, it's it's not. It it doesn't have to be that there's not a base there either. Right. Right. You know, it's right. for everybody. But but that's what I learned a lot more quickly when without a base. Right. You know, it was mm. like it took us a while with that trio. I'm back to that trio with Paul. It, I think it took us all a while to just mm. settle into like, oh right. wow, we can actually just I can right. just. Mm-hmm. Sit here for a second and let you the dig? time go by so, for a minute. So the 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 changing of that scenery or the sonic scenery or whatever, it sounds like initially it was like something to get used to, but then it was likely opening up into a more freeing yeah, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I thought it was really interesting how you mentioned that even the bass drum sounds different, or the reflections you're getting from the other musicians. Uh, um, changes and you see you have to deal with that uh, kind of accept that different not in a negative way but accept the situation as it is mm. and see what's what can be fresh and new about something like that mm. I thought that was fascinating and the other part of what you said is it goes back to that saying I don't know if it's a saying that's, that's definitely something I've tried to preach is that what you don't play is as important as what you play totally. right yeah. you know but I think that's Absolutely. also what separates uh, you know the great, great musicians understand that uh, as yourself, that what you don't play is just as as, as important what you what you play. And uh, you know, I'm still trying to learn that, you know, <laughs> daily. That's for sure. You know, let's. What you think, Bob? But let's let's move on to this this other part of our. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you a few recordings, Uh-oh. right? We want you to just okay. <laughs> if you could just think back a little bit. And say, oh, I like that, or I didn't like it, or why did why did you even bring this up, Ruben? Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna start with something a little bit more, I guess. Well, uh, it, no, you recorded this quite some years ago. Anyway, it was new to our ears. It it would be uh, wrong of us, not legal enough, if we didn't, since it's a bass centric podcast, bring up your 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 current, um, I guess, relationship with the great Thomas Morgan, right? Uh, he's a, a transcendent bassist of our time. Uh, I, I, both of us have had time to to talk about when we learned about you know Thomas many years ago. Uh, but yeah. my short story, or how I started to even when when Thomas started to even come closer to my face like this, is that I he was in the, he he was playing with the great uh, Tomasz Stanko oh, yeah. many mm. many years ago. And um, it's funny today I just realized something too. Uh, one of the reasons why I end up playing with 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 Tomas is because uh, uh, sorry with Tomas Stanko because Thomas was too busy with the great Bill Fizel. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> hey. Thank you, Thomas. Anyway, oh, wow. That's <laughs> well, because I think there was there were a lot of oh, gigs. Yeah, I remember something. About yeah, there was a lot of gigs that he couldn't make, and then because you yeah, if people if y'all want to see work in this band in show business, go Google the Great um, that's his plug. It's it's actually incredible to see how much he works. But anyway, um, well, I, I recall seeing Thomas Morgan for the first time too, and just having my mind blown uh, right. at a club called Detour uh, in Manhattan, probably like two thousand one, two thousand two. He's mm-hmm. playing with Dan Weiss, the drummer, and Jacob Sachs. Oh yeah, and, uh, I saw that oh, too. Right? Did probably you, did you see some of those shows? Club. Right. D- yeah, it was this little club called Detour. I don't think it's there anymore. But I just remember uh, visually watching Thomas play, and everything uh, sonically was incredible, of course, but watching him 
like he was in a trance, like he was in a meditative stance, you yeah. know, smiling like you, actually. and playing <laughs> and uh, just completely present. And just I was just blown away from the first note. Well, I mean, yeah. I bring this up because I want to know about this record that y'all did, uh, Epistrophe. Um, mm. This duo record, Live at the Vanguard. Is, is it called Epistrophe? It's well, called Epistrophe. There's, there's actually there's two. two. There's, there's two. two from the same Yes, from gig, the same. Basically. So that's why I figure I'll gear it towards Epistrophe this one time since we only have like 10 more minutes. <clears throat> so <laughs> tell us, uh, I guess, first of all, how did, how did you, uh, this, this pairing come about and, and maybe a little bit about that, that time at the Vanguard? Well... Yeah, I mean, I guess I could go back when I met him was, mm -hmm. it was a, and speaking of another bass player that you might have heard of, mm. it was a recording with Joey Barron mm. that was with Ron Carter and Arthur Blythe. Wow. So Joey had, he wanted to rehearse the music before Ron came. Wow. And just that, so we'd have it together, you know, let's, we got to get this together, you know, so. Mm. And uh, in Joey's, where Joey was living, I don't know if it just, you guys know Derry, Gary Dial. Yes, um, great sure. piano player. Mm -hmm. Was, yeah. I think he lived upstairs from Joey or so. I, I don't know the details. He said, yeah, Joey, there's this guy, a student. Mm -hmm plays really good he could come and sub for Ron for this rehearsal so that's where I met him for the first time he just mm. and Joey had very specific part he was thinking about Ron Carter when he wrote this music and he had very specific bass lines and so we do this rehearsal and Thomas comes and you know boom 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 he just played it perfect you know mm mostly written in a way you know so mm -hmm. and i was impressed mm -hmm. you know like right, wow right, wow right. you just nailed it right right of course but that wasn't the thing right <laughs> you know so then but that's how we met mm -hmm. and i was like wow he sounds great you know and and then you know that's a whole nother story we made a record with ron carter mm, but right. um then I don't know if it was a couple years later. My friend Kenny Wallison mm -hmm. got free studio time in. It was I wish I could remember the name of this. It was like one of the huge mm -hmm. studios in New York. Like mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it was Sony or the mm -hmm. Record Plant or some. Yeah. I don't remember which one it was. Like one of those the big, mm -hmm. and they were closing down sort of on its last legs and they somehow Kenny knew someone there and they invited mm -hmm. him to just do anything he wanted so mm -hmm. he it was insane mm -hmm. he, he got I don't know how many people were crowded into this room there was like a, a trombone section oh. there were rappers there was <laughs> oh, there was like I don't know how many there was me playing guitar Steve Cardenas was playing guitar there was uh, percussion guys. A lot of musicians. Um, Butch Morris was sort of the, he was doing this conduction thing. But, was it, but was it 
Wow. Kenny's it project? Was Ke- Kenny's thing. Wow. Okay. But it was like he it was basically got, he got everybody that he knew into <laughs> yeah. There was Don Falzone was playing bass. Mm. Thomas was playing bass. I think Tony Shear. Wow. He was either playing guitar wow. or bass. Mm-hmm. I fr- you know, there was like 50 people and it was like it was like chaos, <laughs> you know. And and the, the engineers trying to figure out which you know, there's mics all over the place, and mm-hmm. which is, you know, it was wild. It was great. It was wild. But it was like, and it was hard to hear what's going on, you know. But Thomas was there, <laughs> way off in the corner somewhere. And there was some point where, I don't know, like some, the tuba players and the trombone players were having an argument, and I don't know what all was. It was like, and we're playing, and there's all this stuff going on, and there was like this, this was the (laughs) key, like this density is happening, and then just at this one moment, there was like this, bing, this one, it was just like one note, one quiet note that was like cut through the whole thing, and I looked (laughs) over there, and bam, that was Thomas played that note, and I was like, what's going on with this guy? (laughs) How did he find wow. that? How wow. did he find that spot at that moment? You know, so that really hit me, and then we just started crossing paths more and more often. Mm-hmm. He he started playing with Paul Motion again, so that was a mm-hmm. big right. connection right. for me there. And we ended up playing on Paul's. Actually, we I think the first time we Jakob Bro, who yeah. also played with. Stanko, right? Yeah, it, yeah, they, that, yeah. That's yeah. how we mm-hmm. we played on a couple of his albums, and then we played on Paul's last album that he made before he passed away, mm-hmm. and that was where okay, yeah, took this guy we right. gotta play. Yeah, right. I just felt like we really had connected so strong. So there's two, those two, two, there's a couple things you, you you said in this this story is that unfortunately, once again, these damn drummers always seem to just hook up. Some band somehow in a roundabout <laughs> way. That was a joke. great Joey Barra and the great Kenny Wallison bought yeah. these other musicians together. <laughs> oh, we hate them, but we love them at the same time. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you all, know. And then Paul. And then Paul, of course, he bought it all. Yeah, oh, man, forget them. Anyway, <laughs> wow. but anyway, but but just specifically going back to this, how was that that the village, the village Vanguard time? Was that that was just also an easy. Like segue into all the years of of the yeah, I mean, knowing but, each other it was it was so by that seamless. time we yeah. played mm-hmm. we played a lot yeah you know? that's, so yeah mm-hmm. it, I don't know how many I mean actually it's not that it, it, we start playing maybe fifteen years ago now or yeah. something like it. so it's we're getting a well some history and, and you know. And these are the same things we keep on coming back to, right? The some of the best music that we love to hear, but doesn't matter. It transcends music are from relationships, you know, yes. that were have been nurtured. The best music usually are from musicians who are able to just nurture some kind of relationship over a period of time. Sometimes it comes together from you know downbeat, but I think the best music I would say are from musicians who have spent some great quality time together on and off the bandstand usually, um, and and it just is. Uh, you know, case yeah, in point. I mean, I like, <laughs> on this, these mm-hmm. weeks, 
-hmm. We've been together. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I, it's been awesome. I mean, I feel like we're, mm -hmm. we're getting more and more. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? It's always that case, right? You know, you, you, you're on this, and then in the last gig, you're like, ah, oh, is it over? No, but it, yeah, and then it <laughs> still oh, yeah. feels like we're just getting started. It always feels that way. Sure. <laughs> just getting but, started. but it's been, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been really to be with you all this time, and right. mm -hmm. and, and then actually <laughs> we're veering all over the place. But there was a gig <laughs> at the beginning that Thomas was supposed to do. Oh yeah, and you and he got COVID. So right, right, right. Mm -hmm. You came in and just killed that, and it right. was amazing. Well, I mean, yeah, it's great. It was, it was, uh, it was great. We went, and that gig actually made me realize how little I've played in that context in my life, you know, or in, uh, whereas in you've been a master, or you've been, I've listened to so many recordings of you just duo, I was like, I actually, I don't, I have never recorded anything or played very few gigs in the context without drums or just, right. you know, I mean, cause mainly cause people just don't trust me, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't trust myself either. But it also has put something in my back of my mind. I need to do more. I need to force that issue. I mean, not necessary gigs, but even just put myself in the position, whether it be, you know, in my backyard or whatever, to do it more because actually I enjoy doing that, actually, you know. So, but thank you for that. You know, thank you, Charles, for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I can't say thank you, Thomas, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so this is you re re referring to the trio with Charles Lloyd. Yeah, it was. It had yourself meant to be the, with Charles and Thomas and myself, and then mm -hmm. at the very last minute, Ruben mm -hmm. came in, and mm -hmm. you know, it was, and it's a whole nother world then yeah. too. But yeah. it was mm -hmm. so sure. beautiful. Yeah, it was fun. A whole lot of fun. I can only imagine. Yeah, um, I I wanted to um, stay on the Thomas Morgan train okay. if we can for a minute just because he's such a big fan, but one of my favorite albums, most recent albums that you and him are both on um, was by the, the late Ron Miles, mm -hmm. uh, the Rainbow Sign album. Mm -hmm. it, I've, I've heard this album so many times and it's just so beautiful. I love all of the playing on it. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was hoping to ask if you have any stories or any insights from the recording of, of that album or playing in that situation yeah, well, that you'd be willing to share. Wow. That's a major, huge, mm. I mean, Ron, I met, oh boy, mm. here we go. It's like, did, did y'all meet in Denver? Goes seriously you... far back, like, mm. uh, how much detail I should go into. Like, this is early 90s and, um, mm. Well, okay, I'll just go for it. You can edit out. <laughs> but I mean, not you can keep it condensed as much as But it, it might help to get that kind of background. Um, please. So I got a, through a mutual friend, I got a, t a cassette tape from Ron asking me to, he wanted to record with me. I didn't, I had no idea what he, who, who he was or anything, but he sent me this cassette. Mm. I listened to the cassette and I told the mutual friend is Hans Wendell, who mm. later became Ron's manager and he's mm. someone I've known. Uh, that's 
getting might be too much detail but so anyway i got this cassette i listened to it i said man this guy sounds there's something i hear this sound you know and but i didn't have time to do the recording i put the cassette up on my shelf it was just sitting up on my shelf and then it could have been even like a couple years as it was a long time later maybe a year or two later I listened to that cassette once, right? And I, okay, sorry, I can't do it. But I didn't talk to Ron. So then, say a year goes by, let's just say a year. I'm, I remember where I was. I'm driving my car in Seattle. I'm driving up this hill, heading up into the university district. And the, <clears throat> on the radio, the jazz radio station, this... Duke Ellington's song comes on. It might have been Chelsea Br or something. And it wasn't, it was a saxophone player. Turns out to be a guy named Fred Hess. And then this trumpet comes in, and it was like, man, that's that that has to be that guy. <laughs> I just heard the sound and mm -hmm. and I waited till the and then they said, Yeah, that was blah blah blah, and that was on trumpet was Rama. And you know, he wasn't, not many people knew of him then or anything. It wasn't, it just, ha he happened to be on that record. Mm -hmm. So then I go home, I said, man, I gotta, I gotta talk to this guy, finally, after all this time. And I looked at the, I can still see it, the cassette with his, you mm -hmm. know, 303, 322, da, da, da. Uh, I just called him up, finally, so we're gonna talk. And then the, from the moment we started talking, it turns out that we went to the same high school in Denver, hmm. like however many years apart. I mean, I was there, I think we're 15 years difference in okay. age. But, hmm. you know, we ended up having this long, we just talked for, nice. I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know anything. We hmm. just ended up talking. Wow. I said, man, we got to play. And he invited me to come mm -hmm. to Denver. Hmm. So I went out there and um, I just, he set up a, or actually another <laughs> friend, of, childhood friend of mine set up a gig for us at the Ogden Theater mm. in Denver. And uh, so that was the first time I ever played. I just went out to Denver, I met him, and actually Rudy Royston, mm. also from Denver, yeah. that's where I met Rudy. See, another. Oh, wow. See? So it just keeps. Goes. Yep. So that was where we met, and it was just like instantaneous brothers for me with Ron. So mm -hmm. from that moment on, he was part of so much stuff. Very soon after that, um, I don't know how many of my own records he plays on. You know, he mm -hmm. would just, and then I played on a bunch of his records, mm -hmm. and we'd always be kind of talking about, there are a lot of first things that happened with him. Like, I remember at the time, I'd never met Brian Blade. Mm -hmm. And and Ron had never, I'm talking about in the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And we're like, man, have you heard this guy, Brian Blade? <laughs> like, the first wow. time I saw Brian was on some, it was like on, uh, TV, it was, he was playing with Josh, and it mm -hmm. was on TV, it was on some, like, public 
television thing or something. It was just a couple mm. seconds. And I, who is that? Yeah. Wait, that, that I, wow. that sound, you know, right? That, I just, that thing, that shock, like, oh, what is that sound? What is yeah, this feeling? Yeah, I mean, like at that it's moment, I did, and so anyway, you know, Ron and I are like, wow, Brian Blade, you know, what a, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So then a couple years later, I had this chance to, this is way too much detail. But I love it, I love it. I had this chance to do, I'm just, I, I can never get to the, when you ask me these questions, I, I can never get to the actual, what this you're asking. That's about. all right, that's No, all right. I love it. But how it all kind of, so I had met Elvis Costello and he, one of the first gigs I did with Ron was at a festival in England and Elvis invited, it was, again, without, it was Ron and I think it was just three of it. It was viola, trumpet, and guitar. We did a gig wow. in England and with Elvis. And then Elvis made an album with Burt Bacharach. Talk about a trip. they collaborated on writing these songs together Elvis singing Burt Bacharach songs that they had written together Mm. Elvis asked me to do an instrumental to arrange instrumental versions of those songs and put a band together so that was my okay I'm hooked up with Ron and this is my chance to call Brian and see if he wants to. So anyway, wow. that was the first time we both played with Brian. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that started up that. Another, yeah, like, wow, then, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, then I, I, that was, I started playing with Brian in different, yeah. all kinds of different configurations, yeah. You know, and we each, eventually Ron put a trio together with just, me again without bass it was we made two albums with just brian and myself edit that part out bob right edit that part out thanks (laughs) (laughs) the baseless situation so so it was a long time coming when then you know we made these two albums as a trio and then ron's and then i've been playing with thomas a lot yeah and ron said man i think and then, oh yeah, so then Jason too. Right, Jason. <laughs> you know, Ryan. Jason was another one of those. How did that happen? <laughs> I, again, it's like I have these moments when I, right, right. I, in my car, a lot of times it's in my car and I turn on the radio. Mm-hmm. Again, I remember when I first heard Jason mm-hmm. and it was his trio. It's one of his first trio. I, I was in. Oakland. I was in Berkeley, heading into Oakland in a rental car, and this thing came on the radio, and it was his trio, and it was like, oh man, there there is hope for music. <laughs> I really so felt music. like that. Like, who is was, this? Because was this, this bandwagon? Yeah, like yeah. It was, and it was one. Material. I don't know which. It was one of the early ones, and mm-hmm. I was like, it was like, it gave me. Because sometimes you start, man, what's happening? It's like, right, right. Such a distinctive <laughs> voice, you know, that kind of transcends, you know. Yeah, I just felt like there was something going on there. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that I hadn't, there was like a, I don't even know what you call it, right. some spirit in there that had been sort of left dormant for a while and it, he just, wow. you know, wow, wow. it came back. Wow. It's, oh, there's, it's, it's here, it's right. still here. And I felt like this hope for the future. Well, I mean, I want to go back to what I said in the beginning of the, the podcast about, about Bill is that it, to hear him speak about, just the way he just spoke about Jason, he, he's, I've heard you speak about West, West Montgomery, I've heard you talk about Duke Ellington, I, I mean, Pops, I mean, like the gamut of musicians. It also gives me insight into how much music you've checked out, how much music you stay uh, studying. Like, like you're in study, it seems like all the time. And like, I, I mean, I think that's that. That also is, speaks to the you know the integrity of, of your music and who you are. That you, I mean, even though we might hear a person kind of play this way or sound have this sound, their influences can run the gamut and also can you know is a testament of how deep their artistry is. You know. Yeah. And um, it, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that. You know. Oh man, we we really like took a lot of your time here. So sorry. No, sorry. no. You know, I, you know, this, I, what else is there to do? <laughs> well, we're getting we're getting ready to play in a couple hours. Is there is yeah. there is there another point you want to? But, but just because I just almost got to where we cause okay there. <laughs> I just got to all those folks that ended up on that. On the album. Yeah. We should say that. What's yeah. the name of the album again? It's Rainbow Sign. Well, we actually made two albums with that band. Was and it at the same time oh. or it was different no, times? No, there was. The okay. first one was I'm a Ma I Am a Man. This there is the was, one I know more personally, which I think is like, oof, that fantastic. is fantastic. Yeah, that was from a couple of years ago. And then we did just did this new one that mm. just came out. And mm. what was so so thankful again we played at the vanguard when the vanguard with that band we got to play at the village vanguard that was ron's first gig at the vanguard at under his own name at the vanguard with that band his sort of dream band wow, wow. and wow of course he brought in we played some of that music but that's the other thing about him he would every time we get together he he has this huge sheets yeah, it it was he brought in a lot of mu new music. You know, we played wow. like, how are we gonna do this? <laughs> Why can't we just play what we played before? You know, <laughs> and it's some intricate, yeah. intricate yeah, just, writing. Too. Yeah, it's got like it's never, very rarely it's any two bars are in the same time together, but somehow it always, mm -hmm. again, there's that trust thing, and it always works mm -hmm. out. But I was just so that was turned out to be basically his last gig you know so, his last gig yeah so wow, he did wow. he did we did that wow. gig mm -hmm. and he went home and he you know he thinks he yeah well so we we you know we're giving ron yeah. his flowers while he's not with us right now but he's yeah. uh, for those who don't know ron miles is one of the great you know was one of the great trumpet players uh, jazz musicians of our time and Artists. please, if y'all don't know, you better go ahead and just check him out. There's, there's this thing called Google. It's very easy <laughs> to go ahead and, and check out this man and let's let his his legacy, his his artistry live on by us listening to his music over and over and over and over and talking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. beautiful, uh, beautiful. Yeah. When you were just speaking of his, his uh, compositions too, I was very fortunate that he came. I'm in St. Louis 
And I'm very fortunate that he came into St. Louis um, along with this drummer, Matt Wilson. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we got to play a, a couple shows, a couple nights oh, at this club cool. called Jazz at the Bistro here in town. And I remember him handing out the music. So you know what it looks like. Score. <laughs> yeah, I have some and I, I treasure them, you know, just to see that, you know, his it's handwriting and everything like that. pretty intimidating when you're, the gig is in like five minutes and he hands you this <laughs> thing. It's like, oh, yes. man. How, how yeah, many? How many? How many so open to people, all. Did y'all do like the the four night run or a couple night run at, at at the bistro or? It was a it was a weekend. It was okay. a Friday wow, Saturday night great. situation. Man, awesome. he, Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. And uh, just to, to be able to speak with him and hang out with Ron was just such an experience too. What a beautiful, beautiful person. Yeah, yeah. he was really he was a real role model for me. Right. You know, I asked him about composition a little bit, and I I asked him if he had any process. Uh, to composing and he may have been putting me on I'm not sure but he 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 told me that he would put on a white coat at home <laughs> like like a white lab coat <laughs> he's oh, probably putting me on as I tell I the story back it. no but he, he said I have a whole situation I have a, a desk that I like to write at where I can stand uh-huh. and and write and I and I, I make it kind of a, a ritual and I, oh, I, wow, I, that'll always stay no, with me I'm just like sense. that's incredible <laughs> But wait, is At that least the, when he's home composing. Really? That's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't run, know Ron like that. But I mean, that it could, it could go no, either way. I, right? I mean, I actually didn't know that, but I can totally because he was. He vouch for that. Yeah, I mean, just you know, when he did a gig, he would always yeah, put on was, a suit. You yeah, know, he was. Right, right. Oh, he always looks like, so sharp. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna do. He was his intention. Really yeah. committed. You know? Wow, that's <laughs> that's great. That's great. thank you for those two. Those two. Little uh, gems that y'all just gave me. Never okay. forget. I got to think about these things. I got to <laughs> get more serious, Ruben. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to wrap this up. And uh, we always like to end our interviews or our you know friendly conversations with great folks with uh, this question. This one question. Uh-oh, this is going to be hard. What is something that our listeners would be very surprised to hear about? Mr. Bill Frizzell. About me? About you. <laughs> I mean, if you want to divulge this, I don't know. You know, um, what would be something that, you know, that we might not know? I mean, you keep, keep it G-rated. I mean, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, or not. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example of something that we, we found out from the great Larry Granny there when we had him on I was the just show. thinking this. Yeah. He divulged to us that he's incredible, like one of the biggest fans of Stanley Clark. Like he okay. frees and listens oh, to yeah. Stanley Clark all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, it, it shouldn't be surprising, but being that Larry Style is much different than, yeah, yeah. than Stanley Clark, that is like wow. I love I love that fact. So that's I'm just giving you giving you insight on I mean, what, what's been told to us. I'm before. trying to think <laughs> of a. I don't know if I could say anything. Musically, you know, because it doesn't cause, have to be because of music, I you know, yeah, yeah, I right. love Stanley Clark too, <laughs> but and I, and I, I love, I mean, some of the people that I really, really love, I can't come anywhere close to, you know, like right. John McLaughlin, like right, right, right. Mm. 
superhero god, you know. Who, by the way, was just like drooling all over um, Bill when we were at breakfast the other night. I was like, hey, hey, John. He's like, please move. I'm talking to Bill. Get away. No. <laughs> I saw a picture. I saw a picture of that. Yeah, uh -huh. on, on Insta. I saw a picture of that on Instagram. I oh, think, did you? Or on Twitter. So, so, I mean, you know, yeah, that, y'all sitting together. Not a, everybody knows that anyway. I'm trying to think of something that somebody might not know. Uh, Why? Well, it doesn't have to be music. What else? What uh, else is what else see. is Bill about? Tell well, me. Tell, tell us about that. Um, well, I. I, I had a I had a question and maybe it would relate to this some somewhat, um, and it, it had to do with you have um, in some song titles and some albums that you've put out you have references to like visual artists like the Gerhard Richter Richter or the Richter album and then you have a composition entitled Winslow Homer, and I was curious and I, I didn't want to overstep or at, you know ask too much but I was curious if you have a deep affinity to visual art well painting, yeah, I sculptures. mean that where I it sort of connects me to when I was a little kid, like I would draw mm. rocket ships or yeah. cars or monsters or, <laughs> and that yeah. I, I love that feeling, like just with a pencil. I mean, I don't really do it. I kind of mess around sometimes. I don't, it's not like any, I don't spend that much time with it, but just the memory of that mm. connects me. It's so close to music. Like the, mm. I, it's, I think it's coming from the same place. Like the way a line would, the way it activates your imagination, you know, mm. you draw a line and then oh I wonder if I stick another line there right. it'll it, oh yeah. it starts to look like a face and then I'll put a little mm. dot and then there's an eyeball and oh wow it looks like some weird space alien <laughs> yeah. but it's like you know it gets you it's it brings me back to when my imagination was brand new sort right. of and yeah. to me it's it's absolutely connected to what I'm trying to be at with mm. when I'm playing right, right so it's wow and it's not like some people say you know because some people actually see colors or shapes when they're playing or or when they're listening sure. uh, I don't that doesn't really happen for me it's like music is some whole other thing but I really feel like it's whatever that is within us that makes us want to mm -hmm. go to the next right, right, right. find the next place it's mm -hmm. coming from the same place so it's somehow that helps me you know I, I really want to be in that state where you're surprised all the time or where you're hearing something for the and I've said that a million times yeah. like imagine if can you imagine what it would have? It's 1927, and you you're walking down the street, and you go into a bar, and there's Louis Armstrong is playing, mm. and you'd never ever heard that like before that. in your life, and it would be, yeah. it's like that. It would be the oudest, weirdest thing you ever heard, and like, mm -hmm. you know, like talking like from another planet. Wow. But it would yeah. be so beautiful too, right? Yeah. I, you couldn't help but. <laughs> I mean, well, whether you whether you can uh, accept this or not, but there's plenty of people saying that about you, right? 
that you've transcended their musical, you know, scope, you know, or help move it to different places. You know, I'm sure I can speak for Bob, and you know that we've done you've done that for us. We with thank you. Well, you do it for me too. <laughs> no, we kind of do it for each other. You know, no doubt. But hey, you know, Beautiful. Bill, just thank you for taking this time here in yes. this random place in Italy <laughs> to 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 speak to us and share some, you know, um, some uh, some of your views on music and life. Uh, with our hundred thousand, you know, view uh, podcasts, uh, beautiful <laughs> upright citizens Sorry, listeners. It's probably like seven yes. or eight, but but it's okay. <laughs> no, I'm so but happy no, no, no. Thank you, thank you. Hey, we're gonna wrap this up. But Bob, thank you for thank you know you, taking Ruben. the time. I know it's early there in St. Louis, and and uh, I'm so glad we we're able to spend this time together. Oh, yeah. All right, and uh, me and too. Thank you, thank so you so much for coming on this journey another episode of the Bay Centric Upright Citizens, all right? Y'all take care and uh, be safe out there, all right? Thank Absolutely. you, Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank Peace. you, Bill. Thank you, Ruben. Peace, y'all.